Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Listeners, thank you so much for being with me today um, and hearing great... um, Great guests like Kathleen Vota is a lot of fun. So thanks for being with with me. Uh, my next guest has been with us many, many times. Uh, you'll recognize him immediately as I introduce Vincent Mastrovito from Prometheus Partners. Uh, he is is like the premier exit planning, family planning guy for your business. Uh, today we're going to talk about yet another topic. Today we're going to talk about bringing your kids into the business. Isn't that fun? Uh, we're going to talk about this because it's an important thing that a lot of you think you want to do, a lot of you are doing, and um, and many others are wondering, eh, maybe maybe I'll do that, maybe that'll be the way we continue this legacy. Vince, uh, welcome back. Thanks for joining me today. Bill, thanks again so much for having us on the show. Certainly enjoy speaking to you and your listeners. Hope you're having a great day. I am. Thank you very much. Uh, I just uh, this morning got an email from uh, a potential client who said they've been in business since 1959, passing the business from generation to generation. I haven't talked to them yet, but I'm wondering if they've run out of uh, kids down the line. So we're going we're gonna to find out about that. So let's talk about uh, this bringing your kids into the business, Vince. A lot of business owners really want that business to continue and pass it on to the to uh, the next generation w- why do you think uh, it's a let's start with why why is it a good idea let's start with the pros well i think uh, in many cases why it is a good idea is you can certainly um, lend the legacy to yourselves and your family to move that business forward and certainly if they want to continue to grow the business i i think it's a, it's a great way to continue the continuity with the family, uh, have a business that uh, all of you are uh, involved in, um, in one facet or another, and and really just sit back and look at uh, the business over time and look at the successes that you've had. So uh, I think there's a lot of pluses to bringing your kids into the business. It's just how do you do it and when do you do it? Yeah, and I would add to that that you don't have to go out and get vetted by an outside buyer who's going to tell you your baby is not the prettiest baby on the block, right? You don't have to expose your business to a lot of um, uh, uh, bookkeeping and accounting types and people that are really going to rip it apart and then probably tell you it's not anywhere near what worth what you thought it was. Yeah, right. Uh, you certainly don't need to do that, but I do think that it's uh, important to understand what is the base value <clears throat> of your business so that you know kind of where's the starting point. Because I think 
as a family business leader, when you're looking to bring your children into the business and or your family, because it could be your siblings and other people into the business also, is you want them certainly to understand that this is a business that we need to continue to build value. And this is kind of the starting point of where we are at, and this is where we need to go. Uh, I know, Bill, you and I have talked in the past. I mean, when you take a look at only three out of 10 businesses that try to transition to the next generation are really successful at it. So certainly that's a good number in baseball for a batting average, but from an owner's perspective, you know, that's certainly not a high percentage. But if we focus on the 30% that are successful, I think what we need to keep in mind here is really that they are doing a significant amount of planning and mentoring and talking through that process to make sure that when those children do come in or whatever those family members are, that the success of that business will continue on. Right, right. And, and it's a it's a even a much, much exponentially smaller number. I don't remember exactly what it is, Vince, do you that make it to the third generation it's in the low low uh, single digit of percentages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you get to uh, fourth, uh, fifth generation is like 5%. I think fourth generation might be 8 or 9%, could be 10. But, you know, certainly when you're taking a look at these percentages, it's, it's, it's really to focus on that it takes a, a lot of work and time and effort to be able to make this happen. And as long as you, the family business leader, uh, are clear on that, then I think, you know, certainly the success rates will be much higher for your business and your family, you know, coming into the business. Um, you, you know, it's not always that mom and dad really need to be the ones training the kids. Many times is you start them at a young age uh, doing odds and ends jobs and to help them understand the kind of work that really needs to be done inside this business and, and really talking to them at a very early age, uh, if that's possible, some it's not, I understand, but I think the earlier you can do it, the better off that you are and you can create some conversations with your kids even at a very young age to help them learn and to understand why certain things are very, very important. Okay, so we spent the, the first five minutes on the pros and I wanted to reserve the rest of today's interview for the challenges because it's going to take a lot. It's going to take 20, 20 minutes to talk about <laughs> the challenges yeah. of the family business. <laughs> as, as we know, right. as we've seen many times, there there can be a lot of challenges, and I think we can put them. Well, let, well, let me ask you what what would you think the headings of the challenges would be? Let's start with that. What would be the the uh, the headlines of of the challenge issues? Well, I think um, generations, uh, generational thinking I probably would put on there, um, alignment, uh, continuity, you might be able to tie those two together, um, expectations would be another title. Um, I really just, you know, I think those are a really good start for businesses and business owners to really look at these items before they bring mm-hmm. their kids into the business. Yeah, good good point and good headings, very good headings. And expectations mm-hmm. of course it has several subheadings because you can have uh, power uh who makes the dec- decisions and also 
financial, like a lot of um, patriarchs and matriarchs of the business expect to continue to get uh, a paycheck for, for life, you know, kind of thing. There's a lot of expectations that can go awry there. Let's start with the, some of the generational issues. What, what would some of the generational um, hesitations or considerations be? Well, I think just from uh, keeping it at a high level, I think you're, you're, you're combining two different generations. So let's just assume that the family business leader is a baby boomer and the new generation is going to be uh, a Generation X and or could be a millennial, right? And so those two generations just think differently on how they approach life in itself. Uh, most baby boomers are very, you know, driven uh, they're not afraid to work uh, 80, 90 hours a week. That's usually what ha it has taken them to get to where they are today. When you start taking a look at some of the newer generations, uh, they, a lot of them might start thinking about, well, I don't really know if I need to put as much time into this business as mom and dad did. So when you just take those, that mindset from those two different generations, <clears throat> there's going to be some friction potentially on how mom and dad think that you should be doing it and how you think you need to be doing it and really what's going to make the business successful and move forward. Excellent example. And uh, what I've heard from experts on generations in the workplace as well is that the, the older uh, the person is, the more traditional their work ethic is, uh, not only how they do it but where they do it. And uh, the, you know their mode of communication might be a phone call whereas the Gen, Gen X millennial might be a text message. Um, uh, you know, they, the younger they are, you know, the, the less formal their communication is. And the more they've used technology all their life, so they feel like, I, you know what, I don't need to do it on a linear 9-to-5 uh, situation. I, I'll do some work from 9-to-2, then I'm going to catch my kids' uh, baseball game, and then I'm going to have dinner with the family, and then I'll work from... Uh, seven to ten at night on on the computer. Yeah, and that doesn't always work with uh, the way that the business functions. And so I think right. one way to really, one way that I have talked to families and working through this is to really help them understand, like the the older generation, share with them how they approach things, and the younger generation share with them how they would handle that situation and to get them to come to a, in the middle, so to speak, um, because it can't be all one way or can't be one the other way. The younger, the, the newer generation or younger generation is going to have to move a little bit one way. And the older generation is going to have to give up a little bit and say, okay, there's probably a more efficient way of doing this just because that's the way it's done in the 21st century and understand how can we make that work together? Because uh, at the end of the day, if we can't have um, the the continuity of working together and working towards a common goal, it's just really going to make it impossible to get that thing on any traction whatsoever. So that's generational habits that basically and work ethic that we've talked about. Let's talk about the next topic, which is alignment. And I, I assume we're talking about uh, like the vision of the business, or what? What would you, uh, what would you say we're talking about with alignment issues? Yeah, alignment definitely would be the vision. Where do we want the business to be at? You know, are we doing thirty million dollars a year right now, and 
um, the current um, generation wants to grow it to 40 or 50, and the new generation may want to keep it at the same as to say, hey, look, it's paying pretty well. We can manage this and we can move on forward. So you really have to help them understand, both parties need to understand what's the pros and cons of growing, uh, what's the new generation needs to understand about what the benefits of that are, and, and, and what is the disadvantage of keeping revenue the same. Because in, in, in our world, from Prometheus Partners' perspective, if your revenue is kind of staying the same, in a sense, you probably are going backwards. Mm -hmm. And so you always have to be looking at how can we continue to grow value, increase that EBITDA, and move this business forward to sustain itself over a period of time. And I think just by default, you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting the same results. Meaning in business, the things that were done in the 70s, the 80s, excuse me, and even in the 90s are not the way a lot of things are done today. And you could probably run that across the gamut of most industries, if not all. And, and so as it moves forward, both generations need to understand that and what's that equal median part of where we go. Yeah, a lot, a lot of changes in a lot of industries happening uh, over the last several years. But certainly, as we speak now, a lot of changes will be happening moving forward. And uh, if yes. uh, if the if the generational uh, members of the business uh, can't get eye to eye on that, it can it can create a lot of unhappy uh, uh, dinners uh, and Thanksgivings, right? It can be, it can be very no, yeah. All I was going to say is, yeah, there there might not even be a turkey on the table for Thanksgiving. You know, just. Um, <laughs> You know, that's really, we have to really look at how this is going to be. I mean, COVID-19 has really, I think, changed the way that all businesses are going to do business. Uh, listening to your caller previously about, you know, what what are people going to do in the future and how are they going to handle things? And I just, this is a different time and it's going to, it's going to take a long time to, um to not only find a cure, but to manage around this. And we all have to remember that the Spanish flu was two years before we found a real vaccine. Um, COVID-19 could be close to or at that same cycle um, in, in, in from many professionals' viewpoints. It, it could be a long time. Let's move on to continuity, because I think this is a very important topic, especially mm -hmm. in light of the fact that uh, baby boomers' um, lives have been extended through medical technology and taking better care of themselves and diagnostics and stuff. So I think that uh, you know a lot of um, a lot of baby boomers are getting up there in age, and uh, the younger generation is wondering when do I get to sit in the big seat? Yeah, so it's kind of like the old law firm, right? It's like all the senior people stay on longer than what they should and the new attorneys are trying to figure out when, when are they going to get their shot and in a privately held business it's really is when is grandma and grandpa or mom and dad really going to step aside and let us as a younger generation try to take over and i think when you think about continuity bill it's really talking about building out um, a document and a process that naturally moves the um, older generation um, through the process and into the next phase of their life and, and also simultaneously puts the younger generation 
uh, in more of a decision making and more of the head of roles of what's happening on a day to day basis. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the that the founding um, generation is no longer involved in the business. It just might mean that they are playing a much smaller role um, and a different role, whereas the new generation is taking hand, taking control of the day-to-day -day operations so that they can really enjoy a little bit more of their life. And that, that they're not really caught with any real financial um, surprises. The, the one challenge on continuity that I see, Bill, is that the founding members hold the, the stock in all the control of the company and the younger generation doesn't have any. And when something happens to the young, older generation, all of the banking relationships and all the financial relationships are kind of brought to a halt because they don't know who's in charge. And even though they've seen the kids there, they don't have any stock. They've had no interactions with the bank. And now they're really stuck in a pickle. And I think that's what continuity planning really helps a family do as you move things along. That's one of the main issues and things that we'd like to see move things along. So it's a transition kind of a period where, mm -hmm. where uh, if you're going to take your banker to lunch, you ought to bring the next generation along and start building familiarity, as an example, right, with the advisors and with others that are involved with the business so it's not – it's not a complete so there's some familiarity because a lot of relationships uh, uh, require some you know getting to know uh, people and other advisors and it's I've been in situations where it's been pretty awkward like you say when someone dies or something happens unexpectedly and now everybody's worried about well who is the new person I've never met them I don't know them um, and, uh, and vice versa the the remaining um, younger owners have never met the, the CPA or the banker. Uh, that's that's bad news. So how soon in advance of a of a you know transfer event? And I guess this will come under expectations too. Do you think that relationship uh, building and and continuity planning should happen, Vince? Well, I think certainly uh, once they get to a, a supervisory role or something, you probably want to start having them in on some of those meetings. Uh, but definitely, as they start to acquire stock from the company, they should be part of those conversations because they're inheriting or they're taking on the debt of the business or that portion of the debt based on that percentage of stock that they have. And it's important for you, the, the family business leader, to explain to the banker, here's our continuity plan. If something happens to me, here's who the business is going to. Here's how it's going to be split. So it is it is that understanding that helps not only the kids who's going to be in charge of what, but it helps the professionals that advise them to understand who they can turn to and how those advisors can help that next generation. Okay. We have all of two minutes to cover expectations. Yep. So I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. So expectations is about helping your children understand what is really the runway and what is expected of them to not only be part of the business, but also to be part owner of this business once you have stock? And what do you need to do, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you need to do as children to earn the right to own stock within this business? And once you own it, how do you acquire more stock? 
and what are we trying to do with the overall objectives to move this business forward? And so I think mentoring your children on all of the aspects of your business and teaching them what are the things that they really need to be in line with to, to understand that they are now a mentor to the employees there and that when they become owners of this company, they will be looked at as leaders and decision makers within the business. And those employees are going to be looking to them for their own safety because this is how they make their living and make sure that these children are taking them to the next level. So I think, you know, the more conversations you can have about this with your kids, there are never not enough because I think when you open up the floodgates of just having a conversation and listening to your kids and helping them formulate how they can benefit the business, I think will really, really not only help everyone as a family, but it will help the business move forward and continue to grow and bring the type of culture and environment for all employees to want to continue to work there. Vince, as usual, solid gold <laughs> performance. Uh, you, you absolutely did. Uh, very, very interesting and very useful information for listeners today. Uh, once again, from Vince Mastrovito of Prometis Partners. It's P-R-O-M-E-T-I-S partners.com. Uh, go check out his website. There are tons of uh, useful assessments, uh, evaluations, and tools there. And great articles, too, by the way, Vince. You're doing a great job with all your blog posts. I, I love getting them. So thanks once again for Thank joining me. It's it. always a pleasure. All right, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 